0: We're on the air with Panama today, uh, Pastor Bill Wilber here in Gamboa. Glad you're with us, folks. Always have good stuff to share with you. The music done by men and women who love the Lord, and they put the Word of God into music to help us sing along and to focus on the Lord, because that's, that's the way we can magnify the Lord. That's the way we can praise Him through the day. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. He was afraid of saying things and um, then just having people just rebuke him as he would seek to live for the Lord and they would cut him down. I think a lot of us find ourselves in that situation today. Better just stay quiet, stay out of the way, but yet. The Lord wants us to give witness to him in all situations and in all places. Now, here's the scripture for that. That's Romans 8 and jumping up to verse 31. Romans 8:31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or harden it? Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Your relationship to Jesus Christ by faith, trusting him for all he has done, saved you from your sins, secured you for eternal life to be with him. That's the purpose, to be with him forever and ever. Father, I just pray right now for everybody who needed to hear that word today, that they will be encouraged. They will be encouraged to know that, God, you are for us. Your whole plan is to restore us. Your whole plan is to renew us and make us like Jesus. So we submit our lives. We stop the struggle. We stop the fighting. We stop the resisting. We stop the rebelling. We call sin, sin, and say, Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for the blood you shed on the cross for my sins. I am forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I rise now to serve you, and I thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Here's Lifeline. (laughs) I just heard this funny joke. (laughs) It's a great joke. Are you living your life to please God? You won't believe how funny this is. No, I I really shouldn't tell this kind of joke. (laughs) But it's so funny. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I can't tell you. Or are you living to please others? Okay, 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 okay. Pretend it's not me telling the joke, okay? You're going to love this. Is your love for God only worth a joke? A message from Lifeline Productions. 1-800-52-FUNNY at lifelinepro.com Throughout history, We read of people who've done that very thing, who've surrendered all to Christ, and we may not have known the struggle they went through personally to lay it all down for the Lord, what personal struggles they had in relationships of saying, God, I want you first over that boyfriend or that girlfriend. Some people counted the cost in a a terrible way of getting rejected by uh, their family and their friends just so they could serve the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And out of history, I want to share a story with you today, and I want to take you back a few years, and a story that will inspire you. Her name, Pandita Pamabai, though unfamiliar to many today, is Edston Glory. Her father was a Brahmin priest who, at age 44, married a nine-year-old girl. Wanting to educate her, he took her to a remote forest in southern India, built a house, and having removed all distractions, taught her all he knew. Here in 1858, Pandita was born. Her father determined to give her to an education, and by the time she was 12, Pandita had memorized 18,000 Sanskrit verses and had become fluent in various languages. But the little family encountered mounting debts, then hunger. Pandita's father, held me tightly in his arms, and stroking my head and cheeks, told me he loved me, how he had taught me all to do right and never to depart from the way of righteousness. Then he died of starvation, followed then by her mother. Bendita set out across India, sleeping in the open, suffering from the cold, eating berries. She began doubting her father's idols, and finally in Calcutta, she learned of Jesus Christ. Educated women were novelties in India, and Pandita began lecturing here and there, seeking to raise the standard of life for women. Traveling to England and America, she embraced Christ and was baptized. She studied mathematics and medicine in Western universities, and she sought financial support for a home for child widows in India. In the late 1880s, she returned to India and opened the Mokai, which is means salvation, mission. It was thronged by hundreds of desperate girls. She and her workers dug wells, planted trees, tilled the land, and preached the gospel. Hundreds were converted. Thousands were rescued from starvation. She established schools to educate her girls. Then a church was built with these lines inscribed on the foundation. Praise the Lord, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says Jehovah of hosts. That rock was Christ. That was in September 20th, 1899. Her last years were spent translating the Bible into Marathi. She had almost completed the task when she fell ill. She prayed for 10 more days in which to complete her work. And 10 days later, on April 5th, 1922, she died having just finished the last page. From Zechariah 4, 6, I am the Lord all-powerful, so don't depend on your power or strength, but on my spirit, says the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this young girl who went on to be a strong lady for you. She overcame so much simply so she would find eternal life and then lead many, many others to faith in you. Lord, I pray for today, For those who are doubting any purpose and plan in their life they may have given up they may be just so discouraged they may be feel overwhelmed with the problems of life they may be sick and we ask heavenly father for a move of your spirit as we read earlier that he who is for us is not against us that is god almighty is for us we thank you father for your presence and your direction for your life that you seek us out that your purposes and plans are the perfect ones We honor you today, we honor. Father, I just pray you would bring a person into each person's life today to encourage them and you'd use each listener to encourage others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 16-year-old James was raised in a devout Christian home, but he was frustrated by doubts about God. One afternoon he found a gospel tract which talked about the finished work of Christ. He then realized he could do nothing for salvation. Christ had done it all. Later James wrote, with this thought dawned the joyful conviction that there was nothing in the world to be done but fall on one's knees and accept his Savior and his salvation. Thanks to the words in a simple gospel tract, James made that decision, eventually becoming the missionary pioneer we know as James Hudson Taylor. For the American Tract Society, I'm Dan Southern. The story you've heard is one of many illustrating the power of a gospel tract. To learn how you can effectively share God's Word, call the American Tract Society at 1-800-704-7672. Okay, God, my life's a mess, so I'm praying. What do you want from me? Do you have a wallet? Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. There's four dollars in it. I'll take it. Great, no problem. Do you have a savings account? Yeah. I'll take it. Okay. A business? Yeah, I'm about to go bankrupt I'll take it you can have it and your car my car uh fine take it do you have a family yeah I suppose you want them too Mm mm-hmm fine wait a minute I've given you everything but the shirt off my back I'll take it great John I have a wallet a savings account car I'm real happy for you God take care of them for me what Take these possessions and handle them properly. And treat this family with care. Remember, they belong to me. What are you willing to give back to God? A message from Lifeline Productions. 1-800-523-8669. LifelinePro.com. And that's the essence of stewardship, isn't it? When we hear a stewardship sermon that uh, is going to come up on Stewardship Sunday, as we used to designate those days, people brace themselves and Say, okay, maybe I'll move up to 10% this year and really splurge, you know, and forget that everything we have, everything we are belongs to the Lord. The whole idea of the 10%, the tithing in the Old Testament was an indication, Lord, everything I have has come from you and I thank you and I'm just returning part of it. And that part is what kept the temple going as everybody did it and it would keep the churches going incredibly if people would do it today. But it's also a sign of our love a sign of our devotion, and it releases the Lord to bless us in even a greater and greater way because he knows we've been a good steward of what we've had, and we'll turn around and be a good steward of the more and more that he passes our way. So we are faithful in little things, and then he makes us faithful over bigger things. But as it turns out in the New Testament, that it, Paul tells us in Corinthians that we've been bought with a price. Everything we are and have belongs to God. Amazing, isn't it? And anything we have in this world is only as we're passing through to see what we'll do with it and how good a steward we'll be. Let me take it back a few years. As a missionary, David Livingston plunged ever more deeply into the African interior and all the jungle and all the world followed him. He was a hero, an explorer, whose every foray was widely discussed, every achievement But in the early 1870s, word from him ceased. The world held its breath and waited and wondered. Five years passed. Finally, the New York Herald sent reporter Henry Stanley to find him, dead or alive. Stanley was an untamed adventure seeker and journalist. He was also an infidel who viewed Christianity with considerable cynicism. Spare no expense, his newspaper said. Stanley organized 200 people in five caravans, and then they plunged into the jungle. Stanley finally located Livingston near Lake Tangahika. He bowed and uttered his famous words, Dr. Livingston, I presume? Well, he arrived just in time, for the old missionary was sick, lonely, and desperate for medicine, supplies, and news from home. Stanley stayed with Livingston four months, and the two men grew very attached. Stanley later reported, I went to Africa as prejudiced against religion as the worst infidel in London, but I saw this solitary old man there and I asked myself, what is it that inspires him? For months I found myself listening to him, wondering at the old man carrying out the words, leave all and follow me. Little by little, seeing his piety, his gentleness, zeal and how he went quietly about his business, I was converted by him. On their last day together, which was March 14th, 1872, the two said little. Stanley lingered as long as he dared. Then he said, Now, my dear doctor, the best friends must part. Livingstone's heart, throbbing, replied, God guide you safe home and bless you, my friend. Stanley went away, then turned for a last look. Livingstone had also turned. Stanley waved his handkerchief and Livingston lifted his hat. They would not see each other again on earth. When Stanley heard of Livingston's death the following year, he determined to follow his footsteps. It tells us in Acts 20, verse 36 and through 38, that Paul knelt down with all of them and prayed. Everyone cried and hugged and kissed them. They were especially sad because Paul had told him, you will never see me again. Father, we thank you for Christian fellowship, and we thank you, Father, that our lives can be a witness for you and win many others to Jesus. May this day be a day when our lives truly, truly reflect the love of Jesus and win people to you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you.